0: I'm Don Hall, and these are my peculiar journeys. A guy walks up to a huge mound of dog shit. I mean, It might be human shit the pile is so massive it's almost comical how big this heap of turd is except that the assault on the olfactory is insulting the sight and smell is almost traumatic guy is then faced with one of three choices sit down Burst into tears and wail about the dog shit in his path, spend the rest of his day into weeks squawking for anyone to hear about this horrifying putrid feces in his path. Two, walk around it, proceed about his business, or three, clean up the dog shit, then proceed about his business. The trouble with the almost non stop airing of grievances, complaints, and stories of personal trauma is that eventually, the guy walks up to a crowd of crying and wailing people. They're blocking his path until he slides himself through the crowd to see what they are in hysterics over, that it is a massive accumulation of dog shit in their way. He has no idea how serious is the impediment. Another guy is prone to stub his toe. He stubs his fucking toe almost daily. He gets to a point where the guy is afraid to walk almost anywhere because he knows from experience that a stubbing is a-waiting for him. He can. One, start a petition to get all things on ground level, boxes, walls, table legs, banned everywhere so he can walk freely. Two, he can simply stop walking and level shame at anyone who walks in his presence. Or three, he can buy some steel-toed boots and, while still stubbing, mitigate the pain aspect of it. A third guy decides to purchase a car. He picks out the car. He's happy with the mobility the car will provide him. He doesn't have the money for a car, but he feels he needs one so he signs the GMAC loan papers that require not only payment in full but 39% interest on the loan. He decides it will be worth it as he will probably get a cushy job that requires he have a car. And he signs. Later, when he does not get said cushy job. He goes to the dealer and says, he no longer wants to pay the loan back. Dealer laughs and says, pay me all this fucking money. And the guy says, yeah, but 39% is thievery. He says, you signed it, you owe it. The guy has three choices. One, petition the government to wipe clean his loan while he still keeps the car. Two, go into default and refuse to pay for the car and have his credit score take a massive seven-year nosedive and then the car is repossessed. Or three, save his money and pay back the loan he signed for. Back to the guy and the dog shit. This time he sees it, chooses to sit and moan, and while he's shrieking at the horrors of poop, a pandemic hits the country. Suddenly the crap in front of him is less important, less urgent. He gets up, walks past it at a brisk pace to get inside and socially distance himself because the virus doesn't give a fuck about his anxiety over the embankment of canine stool, cares not one bit for his existential trauma. The pandemic is a real problem. The dog shit was an obstacle, but one he could ignore or clean up if he chose those routes. The dog shit became an excuse for not doing something rather than an obstacle to overcome. Here's the thing, and you know this, life is not fair, nor is it easy. As we find things to complain about, as these things and issues amass, it only takes one incredible and devastating natural occurrence to remind us how limp and facile our demands have become. This virus infects the alt-right and the woke and every fucking body in between. All right, gang, this is episode 70 of Peculiar Journeys, and uh, I hope you're enjoying the stuff it's it's a thing to do while you're in pandemic they're not long and that's uh part of my fun but uh i hope that you're getting some enjoyment out of it and uh if you like it and you enjoy what you hear do me a favor share it with some of your friends let them know they're sitting in their goddamn house looking for something to do there's only so much fucking netflix and cbs online you can watch so maybe if they want to listen to a podcast of me telling stories and I don't know, holding court, whatever it is I'm doing. Um, that would be, that'd be cool. Um, I do encourage you if you're, if you're new to the podcast, go back to the archive of, uh, of some of the episodes. Cause, uh, I've got some really interesting, I think I certainly think I've got some interesting stuff. Here's where we're at. Uh, you know, pandemic wise, uh, Las Vegas has been just like, uh, Trump said, Las Vegas has now been shut down through April 30th. Um, you know, we're at a point where I'm I'm reaching out to people in Vegas that I know, um, are probably at risk, or you know, either very poor, they don't have uh, any jobs, anything. Else to make sure they have food. It's been very gratifying because people that know that Dana and I are here, that know us, are doing the same thing: checking in, making sure we have food, making sure we're safe. And then, and and I think that's that's an important thing. It occurred to me that maybe this was the worst possible time we could have moved to Las Vegas. I mean, uh, all hell has broken loose in this particular state, in this particular city in, in specifics, Las Vegas is gonna get hit economically harder than almost any place in the United States. And the way I look at it, and this is where I'm optimistic, is that I think it's actually the perfect time to have moved to Las Vegas. We had contacts and friends and work in Chicago. We moved out here with nothing. We did not fit in. We were outsiders. We were the new kids. And we've spent the last year and some months just kind of getting our feet wet. But we're, you know, we're still not Las Vegas people. We're still transplants. We're still people from Chicago who moved to Las Vegas. And as awful as this turn is gonna be, this depression that we're gonna follow into, this horrifying leveling of this massive and wonderful city that we're gonna be part of. We are also gonna be a part of the rebuild. We're gonna be there to help people. We're gonna be there to participate in the rebuilding of this very American city. And uh, I'm up for the challenge. I'm I'm way into the idea and uh, I think Dana is as well. So that's a good thing. One of the things that I noticed, and as I was thinking about stuff to tell stories about, it occurred to me that uh, we all make mistakes, we all really screw up, and on the casino floor, there's always someone there to take advantage of you. I am the most prototypical average looking white guy in existence and here's my proof just in the last five months i have been compared to uh you know the, the the comment hey you know you look like you know who you look like it's like i've been compared to al franken drew carey uh jim varney Uh, There were some kids that were coming up to our door to, I can't remember what it was, I think they were probably going around the neighborhood trying to find ways to make a few dollars. And when I walked out, it was when I still had my beard. They called me John Wick. I've been told that I look like uh, John Hamm. Um, I mean, when I had my beard, one of my sports writers uh, thought that I looked like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. I am exactly that person. All I had, had, my joke is that I could be like the low rent saint, like a a spy whose big trick is all I have to do is shave or put on a ball cap or either take my glasses on or off, whatever it is, and I look like a completely different person. You don't recognize me because I am so absent of anything but just completely average looks, which I think is uh, kind of a cool superpower. Um, This came into play But first, let me tell you, okay, at the casino, one day, um, I'm walking through the floor and one of our SBAs, our our slot and beverage ambassadors, is basically a cocktail waitress who also can do payouts on jackpots and fix machines if they break. At the Wild Wild West, our machines are not in the highest uh, repair all the time. They mostly work, but once in a while, and probably more frequent than once in a while, they break and things happen, and so we have to get inside the machines. We have to figure out what the problem is and help the guest either get their money or get a ticket that didn't print or restart the machine so uh, free play could go, all that kind of stuff. So one day, this is like, I think it's like a Sunday, and it's like Sunday, probably three o'clock in the afternoon, and I see some commotion. And one of my SBAs, Tiggist, she's uh, probably five foot two, is sort of trying to deal with two machines, a double diamond machine and a buffalo gold machine. Both have frozen up. And the two players are two black women. They're about a foot and a half taller than her, both. It's a mother and daughter, I found out later. And they are just going a mile a minute. And you can see the tickets is starting to kind of like implode from all the words being thrown at her. She's trying to figure out what's wrong. So I come over and I, I basically tap her out. Now, one of the things that uh, I noticed right away is that the Double Diamond Machine was in the middle of some bonus play, which means it's free spins, okay? She probably had $11 in the machine, so the guess is she's probably not going to win a ton with eight free spins, but it's frozen on the free spins. The other machine has probably, I think she had uh, $20, maybe maybe a little more than $20, and no free spin, but it was frozen up. So I said, uh, I, I, I paused. I tapped Tiggist out I said, I got this. And I said, ladies, ladies, calm down for a second. And I said, I just want to tell you, I can tell the future. Now, here's what's going to happen. And it turned out her, uh, the mother's boyfriend was sitting and kind of watching. And I said, here's what's going to happen is I'm going to go in here and I'm going to try to fix your machines. And I say, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get them to play the way they were played. And I'm going to do my very best to do that. But here's what's going to happen is I'm going to say something now, and then you're going to bitch for the next 15 minutes, nonstop, I guarantee it. And all of your words, everything you say is not going to for one minute change what I'm about to say. That's my prognostication. I said, here's what I'm going to say. If I cannot get these machines to work under no circumstances, am I paying you out for games that have not been played? You do not get paid for free bonus rounds that have not been played. So if they've not been played, you're not getting anything for them right now. And I go down and open up both machines. And sure enough, both of them just start in on me. Well, MGM, they just give you this. And I'm a nurse. And if some machine broke down, you die and i mean they're just they're going and it is a mile a minute they're not gonna let up they're tag teaming each other oh my god oh how horrifying it would be and how horrible what terrible service and yada yada yada. so i get in there about 12 minutes later i realize i can't get either machine to work They're just, they're just frozen up. So, the mom, I said, well, you've got like $21, I said, I will give you a direct payout and we'll shut this machine down. I looked at the daughter, I said, well, here's what I can do for you. I said, like I said, you're not getting money for games that were not played. I said, but what I can do for you is, first of all, I'll give you your $11. I said, now you have two choices, either I can shut the machine down, call a slot tech, that's um, going to take a couple of days because they're on a pretty wide schedule, but they'll come in, they'll fix it, play that out, and if you win any money, I can forward that money to you or contact you and say, yeah, come by and get the money. No, 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 that's, fuck that, fuck that, that's bullshit, that's a bunch of bullshit, I want my money now, I want my money now. I said, it's not going to happen. I said, now, the best thing I can offer as an alternative is we just let it go. Um, you don't. I'm just going to void the machine, void the play. Um, I'm going to give you your $11 back and what I can do is I can give you a couple of drinks, some comp drinks and some comp meals over at the Denny's. Now I've done this before where if somebody's dissatisfied you just comp them a meal at Denny's. It's not exactly what they want but it's a nice thing and, and then they get to eat and everybody ends up walking away happy. Um, so she said, you, four, you, you, wait, four meals? Well, because she wants one for her, for her mom and their two boyfriends. I think about it for a second. I go, you know, how bad it's Denny's, right? I said, all right, yeah, four meals for the four of you. Absolutely, we can do that. That is not a problem. So they walk over and I tell the, the, the waitress of Denny's this is on me. It's a comp, so go ahead and take their order and they're gonna eat and then I'll take care of it. About an hour and a half later, i I've been, I'm busy. I haven't even thought about it. Um, I, the, the, the waitress comes over and she gives me the check. I don't know how the fuck you spend $288 for 10 people at Denny's, let alone for four, but apparently they all had steak dinners, which, let's be honest, the steak dinner at Denny's, right? Um, they had, everybody had a milkshake. Everybody had dessert. Everybody had, they, they got stuff to go for their kids. They got, what the fuck? I don't know if they were buying food for people on the street they met and waved at. But at the end of it, it was $288. And I'm fucking furious because I've just been taken for a ride. And I'm really fucking angry. And they're still in there, so I, I walk. I have to, I ha- I'm so mad. I'm so fucking angry at these assholes that I walk. I was like, what a bunch of fucking freeloading dickheads. And I walk around the property once and I'm still mad. About halfway through walking the second half of the property, I realize I really can't be mad at them. I opened the door, they just walked right through it. Maybe kind of marched right through it, maybe just chewed their way through it, whatever they did, it was my fault. I didn't set the limit, so I kind of have to own the onus of uh, my, my anger. So I go back to the casino, and now I realize I, you know, I'm, I'm the guy. It's my fucking fault. I can't be mad anymore. And they're still there playing. They're still playing, and I start to feel the rage again. And then I realize, no, wait a minute. They're still playing, which means I have an opportunity. So I go over to the two young ladies. Uh, I mean, they weren't that, they weren't that young, but uh, the daughter was young. But I went to them and I said, ah, oh, so you guys having fun? You guys have a good meal? Bet your ass you had a fucking good meal. And they just laughed. Oh, they thought that was the funniest goddamn thing they ever heard. I said, well, I said, you guys gonna stick around and play for a while? They said, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna win some money. I said, all right. I said, you, when, you, you want some after dinner drinks? They said, sure. I said, uh, what do you have? Four double Patrons. Now, a double Patron at our bar is an $18 drink, and I'm not going to give them fucking another $60, $70 worth of drinks on top of that, but I, I, I make a bet in my brain that they wouldn't know the difference between Patron and horse piss, so I go to a bartender and say, give me, give me four double shots of El Toro, which is about 30 cents of uh, tequila. And uh, sure enough, I walk over, I said, here are four double shots of Patron. Oh, they drink it. They think they are living high on the fucking hog. They are just feeling great about themselves. And so at that point, the game is afoot. And I start walking around and, and 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 whenever, you know, I'm doing my job, but whenever I see them playing, I say, you are you winning on this one? Because this is not a winner. But that one over there, that machine over there, that buffalo slot, that's a winner. That one pays out a lot. And I'm totally I'm pointing them out to the ones that never pay out. These two broads it, with their dudes just flipping them hundred dollar bills, are just playing all night. Every once in a while I come over and so you guys are good for drinks. They all double Patrons. They get double El Toro's, bullshit whiskey, or bullshit tequila. And then they play some more. I'm checking up on the Guest Locator, which is a computer program that actually tracks play on the floor. And at a certain point, they've dropped probably $6,000. And at that point, I feel vindicated because I have taken their money after they took advantage of my Denny's. Um, so anyway, by about 9:45, they've had so much to drink that they are now overserved. My bartender even says, "Yeah, they've had a lot." So I cut them off. They go home. I feel like so I have, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed because I got taken advantage of, but I feel like I, I kind of made amends. So when my GM asked me about it, that's the story I tell him. I said, "Yeah, that's, this is how it happened. You can't make me feel any worse. I know in the future I have to set a limit." Now here's where the fact that I am the most average white guy in the history of white guys comes to play. Because about two months later, and I haven't seen these ladies in, two ladies without their boyfriends, they come in and they're playing and I see them and I've shaved my beard since then. When I was, you know, two months ago, I had a beard. Now I'm clean shaven. And I'm talking to them like I know them and they're talking to me. And then at one point, uh, one of them, uh, she wants to get her card to read the points and the card reader is busted and I can't fix the card reader. That's something we have, that's, that's, that's beyond our service ability to be able to fix as a card reader. So I explained to her, I said, well, you can play, but you're not gonna get any points because this, this card reader's broken. She plays anyway. About oh, probably half an hour later, she wants her points. I said, I told you that you weren't going to get any points because it wasn't playing, and you played anyway. We'll call surveillance. They said, no, that's not going to happen. That is not, I'm not calling surveillance so that you can get points that you didn't earn when I told you straight up you weren't gonna get any points for playing, so you're done. Oh my, my, and they start pissing and moaning, pissing and moaning. They go over to the thing and the daughter comes over and she's listening to all this. She goes, yeah, well, we got our, there was this manager a couple months ago we came in here and this manager wouldn't pay us out for stuff. And so we went in there and he gave us uh, meals at Denny's, and we just ran that, we ran that bill all the way up. We just ran it as far and as high We spent as much money as we could. And I wanted to say something, but I realized they have no idea I am who I am. They don't recognize me at all. Now, maybe it's because I'm white and we all look alike. Maybe not. Maybe it's that I have this superpower, but I smiled and I said, well, you showed him and they laughed, oh, they laughed. Again, not even recognizing that it was me at all. But now that they don't recognize me, Every time they come in, I'm going to try to bilk them. Because that's just, just desserts. And that's... The Peculiar Journeys story for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, that you don't uh, turn around and and fuck somebody over that way yourself, but you probably will someday, and just only hope. Make sure that you recognize uh, the very average basic white guy uh, standing in your way because he's probably the same guy you fucked over. That's just how you got to know it. That's just kind of how it works. Um, with that in mind, I hope you are safe. I hope you're uh, sound. Don't lose your mind. Find things to do that are creative. Work out in your living room. Whatever you got to do. Make a dance studio. Karaoke. I just read something and you'll have to look it up. But uh, there's a, an app an online sort of streaming service that's allowing you to play Cards Against Humanity with other people online, sort of like Zoom, but with Cards Against Humanity. So I think that's pretty fucking cool. Um, And so that's something to do. So with that in mind, take care of yourself, take care of your family, make sure you're eating, make sure that you are getting plenty of rest and drink a lot of stuff and social distance because we want to flatten that curve. All right. Thank you much and have a great week. This has been another episode of the Peculiar Journeys podcast. For archived episodes, go to donhallvegas slash podcast to hear stories of Chicago, of Millennium Park, and of the big move to Las Vegas. If you dig the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and review the show. If you really dig the podcast, why not go to patreon.com slash peculiar journeys and help fund the endeavor. Whatever you decide to do, thank you for listening and I hope you come back for more of my peculiar journeys.